Welcome to another edition of the Coast to Coast Footy Podcast. I am Jack Duffy and joining me at Dutch Trading Co. on this fine Monday evening is Jai Thomas. JT, welcome. Yeah, thanks Jack. Uh, yeah, I guess second last Monday night of the footy season and uh, good to be here. Yeah, definitely. No, it's coming to an end. I think we've got uh, a few unique events coming up. So I think the, uh, obviously have the preliminary finals coming up this weekend and then we've got a, a Brownlow done remotely on a Sunday night, I think, okay. after those and then... Grand final at the Gabba, so it's going to be uh, an interesting couple of weeks and a twilighty kind of night grand final as well, so bit to look forward to, but uh, let's talk about the semi-finals, obviously just uh, on the weekend just gone, we'll start with the Richmond-St Kilda game, uh, pretty, it was a, a five goal margin basically I think in the end, but uh, I thought St Kilda were pretty competitive, they had, had some chances, they just really couldn't convert and I think Six goals ultimately, today. yeah, that was probably... You know the biggest difference at the end of the day, just they couldn't couldn't score. Maybe just a little bit less composure than than an experienced yeah. final side that, that is Richmond. It was hard to get a read. I felt like Richmond had them uh, at arm's length the whole game and didn't really need to do much more than they they were doing, and they did. You know, it just kind of felt like it was a five goal game the whole game, and that's yeah. kind of how it stayed. Yeah, they kind of uh, dominated the the center clearances, which is which is interesting. Yeah. I think you know, a lot of commentary around the fact that that's. Clearly not how they win football games, but yeah. you know, no Paddy Ryder for for St Kilda certainly had an impact there. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to mention, I've said Callum Wilkie would uh, put the clamps on Dustin Martin, so obviously that was if Dustin Martin played four, Dusty played in midfield. But little we'll see Wilkie three coaches votes did oh, the job yeah. on Jay Rewalt. Yeah, didn't even notice Rewalt. How many mm-hmm. stats did he get? Uh, Oh, he's barely signed. I mean, Tom Lynch four, two four, goals, five, and was a presence. Four disposals for the game. Shea Bolton, you know, played a bit of a different role, kicking some goals. Uh, he's been floating through the midfield more. Uh, but Wilkie was, you know, one gun. One shining light for the Saints. I guess there was a few. Uh, we probably don't need to focus too much on, on Richmond. Let's talk about the Saints as a whole, I suppose, exactly. this season. How, how do you... I mean, they're tracking well. I think Brett Ratton... Like, I think... You know, I think he was a pretty good coach at Carlton, mm-hmm. probably a little bit stiff, went away and, and uh, you know, has done another kind of semi-apprenticeship as mm-hmm. an assistant coach and has come back and I think he's done an excellent job. He obviously had, what, six or seven games maybe last year once Alan Richardson got mm-hmm. got moved on. And, um, yeah, for the Saints to jump up from 13th or 14th or whatever they were last year and finish in the top six, I think, is, is an excellent achievement. Um do you think they can make an, another jump next year to get into that kind of top four bracket, or you think this is probably about right for them at this stage? Well, a couple of things are really positive for them, but a couple of things will hold them back. So I, I struggle to see how they're getting into the top four. You know, Jack Steele was immense this year, and he's improved massively as a player. He always had it in and racked them up at GWS before getting to the Saints and really been unleashed this year. Um, and, you know, I guess uh, having a key forward that isn't out with concussion every second week. Max King is a, is a major, major, major step forward. He'll, he'll take some time. He won't, he won't kick 60 goals next year, uh, but he might do in four years' time. So uh, that's very positive. Um, but then that's the point, right, is King's young, Steele's still pretty young. I worry about I like the likes of Caulfield and Clark. They're all young. Um, they found Ron Marshall this year. Yep. Oh, well, he'd been around for, for a while, but he really stepped up this year. So then it leads you to ask questions about, all right, well, what's Dan Hanabry doing in the, in the team? Um, Seb Ross' role kind of diminished a little bit. He can yeah. back him up, but you've got to find a way to use it or he's too slow and, and, and one-dimensional to do anything else. So find a way to use it. 
Jack Billings never really, you know, took the leap that he might, and uh, and but he'll still always be a, a handy player. So I just think the lack of the the lack of an A grader, um, yeah, like a genuine A grader. There's no one that's you know a top ten or top fifteen player in the comp on their list or coming through. I don't. I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think. I don't think. I mean, Jack Steele's so, the best player, I think, yeah. and he he's not. Yeah. Um, you know, some some pundits would potentially argue that differently this year, but he hasn't done it long enough no. yet to be a genuine A grader. And I think Brett Ratton made the point after the game to say they really would like another midfielder. Yeah. And uh, I think that's true. Like you know, Zach Jones is is okay, but he's <laughs> he can't kick. And yeah. like you said about Seb Ross, it's the same thing. Like I don't think you want to be relying on guys like that. In yeah. In a big final, um, you know, they just don't quite have the, the foot skills. I think you yeah. just need an extra an extra mid just to throw in there. I think Bradley Hill was actually pretty good. I don't think he finished in their top 10, their best and fairest, which summarises kind of a bit about it all. He, you know, they, they barely gave him the ball, but he was running his guts out. So I think there's, you know, Ross could push out to the wing. I know Billings plays out there. So you could have those sorts of guys out there, but they really need another... They, they need an elite mid, you know. I think Which that does. I don't know what the AFL landscape looks like next year, but if the Saints can get back under the roof, I think that will really suit them. Mm-hmm. I think they're excellent there. I mean, the side's almost built to play there. I like the defence. It's sort of rounded out. There's a bit of run. Um, Dougal Howard and Carl, pretty good back there too. So yeah. It seems yeah. like they'll be okay Still, back uh, there. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter Clark and Caulfield, I think excellent. Ben Patton's going well. Callum Wilkie, you know, mentioned him before. So. <laughs> They've got an interesting little side, St Kilda. It will be interesting because I think they obviously traded in a whole bunch of players this year and I don't know what draft picks they have up their sleeve if they want to make any more moves. I really think they're probably a little bit hamstrung in that regard. So I think they've almost got to maybe back in what they've got and maybe try and get one, like you said, one A-grade midfielder through free agency or something if they can or get creative on the trade front. And I think... Like I said, if they can get back under the roof, potentially, uh, you know, Max King will, will enjoy that immensely. And he's going to be super good. Like you said, might just be a couple of years away um, from being one of the best best players in the comp. Mm-hmm. So, good signs for, for the Saints. Um, the other semi-final. Uh, yeah. Geelong, I mean, it's hard for Collingwood, to, Collingwood right? to win after they won the premiership the week before. That's you correct, know. yeah. The season was over for <laughs> That's right. It was a meaningless contest well, they didn't against show, Geelong. I don't think they showed up until three-quarter time. I think they had, did they have one scoring shot at three-quarter time? Can we check that? I'll check yeah, it. I'll, I'll check it now. I'm pretty sure they only had one scoring shot at halftime. Uh just going through our technique. They had two scoring shots. Two scoring three shots at three quarter time. Quarter time. Well, that's not too bad then, is it? Yeah. I mean, they doubled their output from the first half exactly. in one quarter. So. Yeah. <laughs> to have seven points in three quarters, yeah. it's a pretty good effort. It was a, it was a total disaster. For under eight. Under, uh, an utter disaster. I think, um, like, I, I think it was always going to happen, like, you know, looking at the, just kind of the post-game um, fallout from them last week with the win against the Eagles and, you know, just the... You know, I just couldn't. I couldn't understand it, and uh, and Geelong just were clinical and took care of business. And it, I mean, it wasn't even a contest in there. It was basically playing against traffic cones. So, do I mean we often romanticise the uh, chances of the, um, you know, the elimination final winner against the uh, qualifying final loser, and uh, and it always kind of plays out. Yeah, that they get pumped. It's it's often the worst weekend of the finals. This sort of Yep. Gap week, this middle weekend where, uh, you know, it just it seems to take a toll emotionally to win the elimination final and it's hard to back up. Um, and, you know, typically the quality of the sides is, you know, yeah. is a gap. It's not always that way, of course, but 
this time, you know, Collingwood were just they were just literally smashed. There was no there was nothing you could say that was positive for them. No. Even, you know, I mean Bucks came out, I think it was after the game and talked a bit about Brody Grundy and the, you know, hub life not suiting his um personality or something like that, but geez, uh yes, there were some stinkers. Oh, Jordan yeah. Goey, he can he can get fucked as far as I'm concerned. I I wouldn't be paying him any, you know. Big dollars uh, at this point. Yeah, he. It's interesting. I, I'm not really I'm sure what sexual assault charge will be. Exactly. I'm not really sure what's going to happen there. I think um, surely. I mean, he goes to court in October at some point, right? So surely that comes to a head soon, and, and we find out what happens there. Jaden Stevenson's gone from what an rising star winner to. Uh, I, don't, I don't. He was always that. a front running type of player. You need yeah. those kinds, but he's got as much guts as Jack Petricelli, I yeah. reckon. Like he just non-existent in the contest yep. and um, yeah it's it's not so it's a good year for so you. Collingwood obviously made the grand final in 2018 and you know we were very competitive and, and last year they you know were a really good side went into the prelim as huge favourites against an underdog GWS and got upset on the day mm-hmm. and then this year they just couldn't get it rolling you know we'll give them some benefit of the doubt they had a bunch of injuries obviously this season's been unique do you expect them do you expect them next year to bounce back and be, a, a top, I guess, a top four side again? I think they've got the, the talent on their list. Yeah. I think they just, I mean, injuries, we kind of, you know, say it's bad luck, but ultimately clubs like Fremantle and Essendon and Collingwood seem to have injury lists every single year, GWS. Mm. So I think they need to address that. But uh, yeah. I think at their, their best 22 playing most weeks, I think they're a great side still. Oh, absolutely. This pod has always shown a lot of respect for Bucks as a coach. That's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Mostly through the guests we've had uh, historically, but uh, like they've got genuine A graders. Like Trelaw has always been an A grade, and Taylor Adams elevated himself. Yeah, Pendlebury is Pendlebury, and uh, still you know he's got that great basketball background. Scott yes, Pendlebury. that's true. Yeah. Uh, but uh, still side bottom. He wasn't playing the other night, but you know he's as elite as they come, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and uh, and so it's all there. You know, to go, he's an X factor in the forward line, but. They probably need to unlock a bit more, uh, you know, in the small forwards. I, I think that's their problem. Yeah. I think their back line looks really good. Darcy Moore's obviously yeah. a good player. I think Chris plays well back yeah. there. Even little John Noble. Imagine he's in. fucking hopeless. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's hopeless due to injury. I mean, Jeremy Howe obviously adds to yeah. that defense. But their forward line, I still don't think they know what their best forward mix is. Yeah. Obviously, Mason Cox is inconsistent. Majek's yeah. inconsistent. Degoe is inconsistent. Jaden Stevenson's inconsistent. They just got no one in the forward line they can rely on, and I'm just not sure. How they address that, obviously, to go, we could take the next step potentially at some point, but uh, I just think that's that's a real problem for them, and yeah. and they you know they kind of found that against GWS last year. Mm. Just I just don't think you can rely on that four line kicker no. score every week, and I think that's yeah it's going to hurt them yeah time and time again. Yeah, it's like obviously Stevenson's got some pace, and uh, Degoe's got pace, and he's slightly more of those two slightly more mid sized forwards, but they can play a little bit tall and take a bit of a mark. But what they actually need is some you know, some, some X factor and right on the ground. Like they actually need, you know, the likes of a, um, a Charlie Cameron or, or a Liam Ryan, you know, every side needs one of those. But I think it's just emphasize that you've got to have some uh, some small fours that can crumb. Otherwise, you know, Mason Cox is going to mark a few, but if the ball comes to ground, who's, who's there? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess it's a, Collingwood always seemed to be able to, be a little bit active in the off season, so I guess for St Kilda and Collingwood, it will be interesting to see what they kind of try and get out of it. Some, some talk today that uh, you know Adam Trelaw's wife has signed a contract with the Queensland netball side, 
and it's going up there for 10 months. There you go. He's going to continue to play for Collingwood. They've just had a, a new baby this year. So don't know right. what the goal will be there. That'll be something to watch, I guess. Um, I don't know, unless they know that the AFL is going to have another hub in Queensland next year. <laughs> I'm not really sure, unless she's got an opt-out clause. I don't know much about netball. Yeah, maybe she just doesn't like her husband that much. Maybe. That's also true, yeah. Yeah, potentially. So, um, Or maybe she just enjoyed being in Queensland. She and I were there together mm-hmm. at, this, at some point this year. So... Um, who do you like for the for the prelims, JT? You think it's going to be the two sides playing with home finals? Look, I don't mind Geelong's matchup against Brisbane. For all Brisbane were you know incredible, you know soaking up the pressure last week. Um, you know Geelong would really fancy their chances, I would think. Um, and in a similar vein, you know Richmond would would too. Um, yeah, actually, you know both. Uh, again, I just I just spoke about romanticising the notion <laughs> that the, the winner of last week can get up, um, and I'm probably making a fool's mistake. But it just seems like they're they're, they're the four best teams this year. It's pretty pretty tight amongst them, um, and you know I think Geelong did well to sort of get a bit of a monkey off their back and really play well in a final. Um, it's amazing. You got to say the 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 things they've gotten out of the likes of Menegola and Guthrie. Two average players that have you know performed at nearly an elite level, so yeah. you know that's 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 the difference in their in their play, and uh, and you've got to think that they're they're a chance just based on you know probably experience and uh, as much as anything. Yeah, so I think I was reading a stat today that since they've introduced the pre-finals by, I think it's been four seasons, not including this season, and the teams that won that first week and have had essentially two buys in three weeks have gone four and four. Yep. And the four years prior to that, when there was no no pre-finals by, the teams that won the qualifying final in the prelim went 7-1. and one. Okay. So whether that's a trend or not, I'm, I'm not sure. Really a big sample size. No, like, it's uh, not. But it's, I mean, I'm not. This year's a bit different with COVID. It is different. Know. I wonder if, the, but, wonder if the extra break is handy. Yeah. I, think, I do think it is a big advantage for Port Adelaide and Brisbane to be, to be at home. I've been at home for quite a while now, and yeah. I just think you know we saw really heightened advantage this year. Absolutely, I think there's no, there's really no excuse for those two sides mm-hmm. to to lose, in my opinion, this week. I think yep. I'd agree with that. I think it would be an incredible, like as much as you know, Richmond are a great side, and you know, Geelong obviously are unproven in preliminary finals of late. I think it would be, I think both Port Adelaide and Brisbane would be, it would be one of the more devastating preliminary final losses that I can remember if either of those sides lost. I just think they've had every advantage this year. Yeah. And I don't take anything away from them. Yeah. I think, you know, that's so be it. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, the heat is really on them. And I, I think I expect them both to win. Yeah, I'd love to see a Brisbane Port grand final, to be honest. Yeah. Show a few replays of the punch up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2004. 2004, and a few players getting multiple week suspension. Maybe we can reenact some of it. In the- <laughs> Octagon at half time or something, but uh, no, I'd be I'd be happy with a Brisbane and Port Grand Final. You know, you know the reality is they've been brilliant all year long. Um, this is a this is a huge moment for both of them. Uh, you know, Brisbane got pounded last year in the finals and learnt learnt some pretty harsh lessons. A little bit embarrassed. Yeah, Port have been genuine frauds. You know, on this stage for a long time, and the, you know the win in the first week of the finals was huge for them, but. This is the test. They've got to, like, as much as, all right, GWS got their, their ass handed to them last year and it was a debacle in the in the grand final, but 
just just getting to the grand finals is such a massive achievement. So yeah, uh, I think it it just goes a long way to sort of establishing your credibility as a club. Absolutely, and as a coach, I think it buys. I mean, not that Fagan needs to be bought any more time, but for Ken Hinckley, I think absolutely. Yeah. You know, if they have a poor year next year, if he's yeah. made a grand final this year, I look at Leon Cameron. I mean, yeah. they. I don't know what GWS signed him for another couple of years, I believe. Yeah, and uh, oh, I wouldn't like be a bad choice, that. but you know he probably gets the deal just on the basis that he can say, "Well, I made the grand final yeah, last year." Exactly, it's as simple as that. No matter what happened on the day. Yeah, so I guess we will await uh, those two games. Obviously, uh, Dallas Avens kicks in, so they're at a horrendous time in WA. Yeah, especially if you've got cricket on a Saturday. Oof, um, who would be playing cricket yeah, on a Saturday? Absolutely, not this week. Sure. Absolute morons oh, would be playing. Um, that's the only answer to that. <laughs> I could be included in that mix. Uh, what else? What else you want to talk about, JT? Any uh, any of the player movement kind of rumors circulating? Any specific side you you like to have a bit of a chat about? Um, given we've got a little bit of time up our sleeve. Yeah, I mean it's been fascinating already to see things floated around. Obviously, um, Sard's thrown his uh, cup, his Essendon. Essendon clothes in the in the bin and in the, yeah in the trash can and uh, decided Carlton's got more chance playing finals and winning finals than Essendon, which is a bizarre <laughs> decision to make. But um, and he'll probably do well at Carlton. I think we bagged Zach Williams last week for picking Carlton, uh, given he's a rebounding defender. But probably Sard probably fits in okay next to next to Doherty, you know, given he can stream away on his left and they can make that work. Yeah. Um, Jordan Ngoi, what well, he's. Uh, he's got a contract offer in front of him, but there's uh, there's talk around. Yeah, I just wouldn't touch him. To be no, honest. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If I was the seventeen other clubs, I would not be going near him. Like leave that problem to Collingwood. Um, yeah, he's not worth. He's not worth what he wa- he's wanting mm. at this stage. Or hasn't proven he is. No, one side I think that'll do well out of all this is um, is the Crows. You know, yeah. Jackson Hatley's asked to be traded back to South Australia as a first round pick from two years ago. That's had, you know. A decent amount of games under his belt his first two seasons that's gold if you can make that work I don't know what it takes um, but that's brilliant I know Fantasia came out and yeah, said Fanta- the Crows Fantasia will be going to I'm not sure that's that's too great for the Crows to be honest like it's all very well picking up guys at age 19 that are future stars picking a bloke that's 25 and kind of is he playing in the next flag I just don't know but uh, yeah. if you can get him for not much, then I guess you take him. Yeah, I think that's the that's the key there. Like if Essendon pay, he's got, I think he's got one more year left on his contract. It's not a huge contract, but it's still probably more than the Crows would want to pay him. I think yeah. if Essendon absorb some money for the first year of his contract and they maybe give him an extra yeah. year or two on the end, I think, you know, then you just give away a, a cheap kind of draft pick yeah. and I think everyone's happy. Fantasia wanted to go at the end of last year and yeah, I think uh, convinced him. But probably the best move for everyone. Kind so. of changes things. Yeah. Tell me about Joe Danaher. Yeah, so I think this is the right move. I think this is the right move for Joe um, to go and play for Brisbane. Um, he wanted to leave last year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the time, Essendon obviously, you know, weren't convinced how badly he wanted to leave and, and kept him around, which I think is fine. Um, but you know he's had a year now to, to really wrap his head around it and he's, he's made that decision so um, I think it's a good thing for him you know he at his best he can be an incredible player yeah. in the AFL so fingers crossed Brisbane can get his body right because Essendon yeah. haven't been able to yeah. um, and and they haven't handled his situation very well at all and so it's a, obviously it's a monstrous get for Brisbane I don't really know how it's going to go I think he's a restricted free agent so I think either Brisbane can, can sign him and Essendon can let him walk and get a compensation pick or 
they can match the match the offer and then do a trade. So I think that's what Paddy Dangerfield did when he moved. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Danaher's Paddy Dangerfield, but it'd yeah. be interesting to see what path they go down with that. So you know, what did they get offered last year from Sydney? Was it pick five and nine? No, I don't think it was. Quite that? No, I don't think it was pick five and nine. Uh, Was it one of those two? There's a lot of conjecture out there. I think they offered pick nine potentially if they were going to try and get that for Pat Blee from Carlton, you know, so it wasn't really set in stone. Um, But it's definitely one first round pick and potentially like a future first or second. So, okay. I don't know. I obviously don't know. I mean, they might end up with, say, a pick nine for him this this year, I suppose, but possibly. I'm not sure what the deal would be that the business offering, you know. Get one of those King Brothers or something like that. Yeah. And made it work for you last year. Yeah. It's, uh, it's look, from an Essendon point of view, you know, the best thing that can happen at the moment is exactly what's happening now. Um, you know, the commentary can, commentators can come out and say it's an absolute disaster that all these guys are wanting to leave. But ultimately, the, the real disaster is the fact that the Bombers haven't won a final for 15 years. So, <laughs> the, the, players wanting to, the players wanting to leave is not the disaster. I mean... Yeah, you know, this there's a lot of talk about the culture. And this it. should be a wake-up call for everyone at SNM because they've been not good enough for a very long time now. Yeah, and something has to happen to, to make that change. Uh, with the Bulldogs, it happened when they sat their coach and then the captain left. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, uh, for the Bombers, this will be a similar situation. We got a new head coach actually officially taking over next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you know, these guys that are leaving, if it is Danaher and Fantasia, and that's it, and and Saad, obviously, two of them haven't played for the last couple of years. Yeah. And Saad, Saad was a good player, absolutely, mm. but, um, you know, opportunity not opportunity somewhere else. And they can get the culture right at Essendon and this is the moment to kind of reset yeah, everything. Trust me, yeah, there's lots of, they need to change a lot of things, yeah. so hopefully this will be the, be the start and actually wake them up and, you know, go to the draft, start drafting some good young guys. They've got some pretty good young yeah. players as well already on the list, so it's, it's a great opportunity, I think. It's not a total disaster at all. It's actually a brilliant yeah. opportunity. I mean, I'm all for players, um, so picking their clubs and moving towards more of an NBA free agency style. And I'm all for, um, you know, this sort of to happen as quickly as it can sort of possibly happen. But uh, do you think there was any element of Joe coming out and saying, I want to play for Brisbane that was kind of a bit detrimental to where Brisbane are at, given their seasons, you know, in the mix? They've got key forwards that are trying to play their role and now all of a sudden they have to think about Joe lobbing up for next season? Yeah, that's a really tough one, right? Because... Like, Brisbane would have obviously been recruiting him for however long. Yeah. And so, you know, there's there's no doubt Brisbane want him, yeah. just like Sydney wanted him last year. But you're right, the timing is horrendous. Um, ideally, I think they would have not had him say anything until after the season, yeah. but the Bombers needed to know, obviously. Yeah. And so, obviously, then it becomes public. But I think it is not. Like, the fact that players are coming out now and, and the season hasn't even finished yet and nominating clubs and mm-hmm. it's actually insane um, yep. I think and uh, I, I mean I, we, we all love the speculation and the rumours and yeah. you know what's going to happen but I just think that probably I mean, the AFL itself probably loves it actually absolutely they do yeah. absolutely they do and that's they move that's why they bring in free agency and, the yep. and they've increased the trade period and so yeah I think uh, I do think it's detrimental um, if, if, if your club's still playing uh, I don't think Colin would have would have liked the rumours during the week that you know the guy was asking for a million bucks a year I mean not that it had any impact on him getting absolutely flogged well yeah and he didn't play like a million dollar player that's for sure but still I think one of the big problems I do have and a lot of people brought this up with the with compensation um, 
is the Brad Crouch scenario this year, right? So Adelaide obviously kind of like him and they're kind of like, well, maybe we'll keep him. But then they're kind of saying, but if he gets a good offer from another club, um, a good enough offer that we think we're going to get picked too, then we'll just let him go. And I think that's the, that's a terrible position to be in. I don't blame the Crows, right? Because no. you're going to get... Just picked playing under the rules. If you want set. If you can get picked too, then you go and get yeah. it. But I just think that's... It's not ideal. I think compensation picks if you're going to have them yeah. need to be much later in the draft. Yeah. And they almost should be uniform. So whether you're losing a Brad Crouch or a Joey Danaher or, yeah. you know, whoever to free agency, I think, you know, an end of third round pick or something like that is, is much better than, than this ridiculous, you know. And this yeah. formula that doesn't exist that the AFL just oh, make yeah. up to please themselves. I think it's just, it's a debacle really. But, and the whole thing sort of needs restructuring. I think prominent NBA fantasy analyst Josh Lloyd that, um, you know, was saying, you know, this, uh, they've got to just throw the whole thing in the bin. Like, these first-round picks should be, actually be locked in for, say, five years Yeah. upon being a first-round pick, get paid well instead yeah. of getting paid a rookie sort of rate. Get paid well, locked in for five years, club has control of where they go for that, but, you know, then the things open up after five years of service that then allow you know, more effective player movement. Yeah. And uh, and those are kinds of... It's pretty simple after that. Bird rights could be a thing. Yeah. Look it up. Name based after Larry Bird allows you a bit more uh, salary cap flexibility to re-sign your superstars. It just works really well. And I know the NBA is a different type of competition. Basketball's a, you know, five-man sport, 15-man roster, and it just works because of the uniqueness of the game. But... I just would love to see it uh, brought in here that uh, some of those sort of um, simple yet elegant design of free agency uh, could work really well. Yeah, I think there's definitely some merit in the uh, getting a longer-term deal out of your, your draft picks. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's something that the AFL absolutely should look at. Um, if you, you know, I, and I guess, you know, we've seen plenty of busts in the first round, but yeah. uh, I think you should have you know, maybe an option or something to, to extend. Is there something wrong with AFL footballers though? Like this go home thing is not a thing elsewhere. Obviously, um, you know, American sports doesn't really feature. Uh, you get traded on the spot. That's the that's the nature of the comp uh, or the the beast. Uh, you know, England's a small country, so it's hard to really say. You know, go home's a factor in say the Premier League, but yeah, like, and maybe a bit of extra longevity in uh, in those early year, early um, career contracts maybe gets you through some of the immaturity and kind of stick it out. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe a bit of extra cash as well. I think that's the big difference, obviously, is that the money is not great for, for, for younger players in the mm-hmm. AFL. Um, but I also think at times it's a very convenient excuse. Um, not saying that everyone uses that, yeah. but there's no doubt that if you're playing for a bad club yeah. and you have a couple of good clubs in your home state, um, it's pretty convenient to say that you're not you're not travelling too well and you want to go home. Yeah. And then you you don't cop the uh, the criticism of just saying I, I want to leave my club because they're no good or yeah. you know you don't have to come out and say oh, I want way more money. It's mm-hmm. just uh, I just want to go home. So um, I think that's part of the uh, part of the the lure to be yeah. able to say that, especially if you're a Victorian draftee that's gone to an interstate club yeah, exactly. got 10 clubs back in Victoria yeah. um, no, I mean no, that, North Melbourne well, doesn't that's count. true North yeah. Melbourne doesn't count that's yeah. true but they end up nominating one club that they want regardless yeah. you know so 
I feel like, uh, you know, like Tim Kelly conveniently wanted to come to the Eagles. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying, mm. like, he wanted to come back to Perth, but didn't want to play for Frio. Yeah. So did he want to come home or did he want to come come play for the Eagles? Uh, probably we wanted to come play for the Eagles. So. Yeah. And I mean, I just, again, it's like, it's a balancing act between, you know, clubs having control and rights over over players and um, and players having the right to choose where they go. And I just think there's more of a balance can be struck between um, you know doing doing your your tenure and uh, and then having having some better rights to sort of choose where you want to go and get there more freely. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Anyway, if the AFL do have a rule summit, we'll attend. I'd be happy rule, to attend. Rule summits are a fantastic concept. Yeah, and I don't think anyone should bag them. Nothing's ever gone wrong in no. any rule summit that I've ever been to or attended or or, or facilitate <laughs> that's yeah. right yeah. <laughs> that's true that's true oh well JT that's probably uh, all we've got time for this evening we'll be back next Monday we'll be able to discuss the Brownlow result and uh, and obviously the upcoming grand final but uh, enjoy the two preliminary finals next week and uh, yeah see you in a week's time sounds good Duff we can talk about the Brownlow I guess yeah absolutely cheers JT